With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, it is the Lombardi line here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. He's Michael Lombardi out at the Borgata in New Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here at the South Point Studios in Las Vegas. Michael, we've got Hall of Famer Tom Penders coming up here in just a little bit. And we've got a Hall of Famer, one of my favorite coaches, one of my favorite teams, the 02 National Championship team there with Maryland. Gary Williams joining us here on the program. Excited to talk to Coach Williams. As I mentioned, a Hall of Famer. Coach, how are we feeling? Do you still get excited that Thursday when the tournament kicks off? Is there still an excitement for you? Oh, sure. You know, that's this is the best time of year if you're a basketball fan, coach, whatever. Uh, you know, I, I still get excited on uh, Selection Sunday. There were some years where you're sweating, you know, just hoping you get into the tournament. So that's still an exciting day, too. And I'll just follow up, Michael, before you jump in. We mentioned Selection Sunday. We wondered if Michigan coach was going to get into the tournament. They got in as as an 11 seed. They were favored over Colorado State today. They look a little disjointed without Devontae Jones, their point guard. Talk about the point guard play, the importance of that guard play coming into a tournament. Well, in the the tournaments, most games come down to the last three, four minutes when you get past that first round, and in today's case with Michigan not having their point guard, I'm sure Colorado State uh, is going after some things they wouldn't normally be able to do because of uh, Michigan's lack of point guard. You can have good players at other positions, but if you can't get the ball to the the guys that can score at the right time uh, without your point guard, there's not people that can step in and do that. You usually have another guy that can shoot or another guy that can rebound, but to deliver the ball at the right time is is, a... is a very rare thing that only uh, certain point guards are able to do. Uh, uh, Patrick, you don't realize this, but Coach Williams is a, a great, great uh, New Jerseyan, and he won a state title here coaching Woodrow Wilson High School, Coach. Yeah. So it's always good to have a fellow Garden State guy on our show. But I wanted to ask That's you a right question is. about – go ahead. No, it was South Jersey versus North Jersey. We, <laughs> we, uh, we had to beat East Orange to win that thing. It was in Atlantic City. It was a great game. That, and that's not an easy thing to do, Patrick. Uh, nope. North Jersey, South, that's a great civil war going on, and East Orange usually dominates that. Uh, but So it was a great title. But, Coach, I want to ask you, as you go over, how do you measure you're, – you're getting ready, you're at Maryland, and you're going to play South Dakota State from the Summit League. How did you handle the level of comp and trying to understand how your players could react to that. That's one of the hardest things in pro football is watching a player play at a lower level and projecting him to the next level. How did you handle that? Good question. Yeah, it's really, it's very difficult, especially uh, when it's that far away, say South Dakota State, you've never seen them play. You know your players haven't seen them play, so that whole week you're trying to make the players understand that these guys are good. They know how to play. They play in aggressive tempo. They go up, up tempo all the time. And if you're not ready to play and play defense, you know, they got a shot to get you. And I, I'm sure Howard at Michigan had that problem trying to convince his guys that after you go through a Big Ten schedule that this South Dakota State team can play with you. And, you know, that, that's, that's the battle in that first-round game when you get a draw like that. 
Jersey's own Hall of Famer coach Gary Williams joins us here on the Lombardi line. How about contrast and styles, Coach Williams? We were talking about Memphis and Boise State. Memphis would give you a heart attack, Coach. They're going to turn it over. They want to run. They're young against an experienced and consistent on both sides, offensively and defensively, Boise State team. We've got Memphis favored as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. How would you handicap this game as far as Memphis and Boise State? Well, if you just went player versus player, Memphis would be an easy favorite. But like you said, Boise State is going to try to control the tempo of that game. All of a sudden, those uh, dunks and things probably won't be there uh, against a team like Boise State because they, they're really going to try to uh, slow down the tempo of the game. So what Memphis has to do is really get after uh, Boise State for some turnovers early to give uh, Memphis the confidence they need, get a couple dunks, you know, get excited, get the crowd going, and I think they'll be okay. I, 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 I like Memphis because uh, I just think that talent uh, is, that they have can win out against Boise State, but, you know, Boise State knows what they're doing, so it, it could be a tough game. Coach, John Becker's Vermont uh, Cat Mountains, they, they are the popular play here so far in the tournament. They opened up as an eight-point dog to Arkansas. It's all the way down to five. How do you think Arkansas will react to this sharp-shooting Vermont team? Well, it's a little different. Uh, Arkansas comes in not playing particularly well uh, the last month or so. So... They're glad to be in the tournament, but, you know, they worked hard this week, I'm sure, to get ready to play because, obviously, Vermont can really shoot the ball well. They're, they have a tradition of winning. They're not going to be intimidated uh, like some teams in their situation would be playing against an Arkansas. And so uh, I think our Arkansas has to see this as a chance. If they play to their level and Vermont plays to their level, Arkansas will win the game. But Arkansas hadn't been playing their level recently, so it's a chance for Vermont. And I can, I can understand people liking Vermont, but, you know, it's funny how that goes. Sometimes, uh, you know, people jump on the bandwagon just like anything else when, you know, they see a team all of a sudden become kind of the Cinderella team like a, a Vermont would be. They, they get all excited, but you have to look at it realistically and, you know, there's probably not a guy uh, on Vermont that would start for Arkansas, so you have to keep that in mind. Coach Williams, Gonzaga is the favorite, again, to win the tournament. Are you a believer in Mark View's squad? Yeah, I am. I think this this year um, everybody's had their ups and downs. There's no one team that you'd say has played consistently great all year. And Gonzaga, you know, with, it, with their uh, players and their experience, uh, in the NCAA tournament, no, nobody's done one more games uh, the last five years, say, in the NCAA tournament. So this might be their year. I wouldn't be surprised if Gonzaga won it. Coach, I know everybody fills out a bracket. You fill one out, too. Who did you pick as your champion in the brackets? <laughs> After saying all that about Gonzaga, I picked Arizona. <laughs> I, just, I picked them because I love the way they play. You know, I, I just I like they're big and they get up and down and they're not afraid to shoot the ball when they're open and uh, they play aggressively, and that, that would be a great final game if Gonzaga played Arizona with Mark Few and his assistant going against each other. So I'd like to see that. They are scary, Coach Williams. That Arizona team, when they get in transition, they are scary. They're oh, athletic, yeah. man. No, that, that's the type of team that uh, if, if I had a team and I, I could get them to play a certain way, that, that would be the way I'd want to play with that type of size that that type of uh, ability to, you know, just take it at a team every time. Every time they get a rebound, even after scores, they're looking to push the ball up the court, see if they can get an easy one early. Who's your sleeper team, Coach? Who's the one team no one's talking about that you think's a little better than their seeding? Well, I think Houston um, is uh, would be my sleeper team. Um, you know, they're uh, they won 29 games, and Kelvin Sampson's been around. He he knows how it works. And what they bring is probably two things, the defense, but then they back up the defense. You don't get second shots against Houston, and they get second shots. So a lot of times in the NCAA tournament, especially early, teams are nervous. They don't shoot the ball really well. And Houston can make up for that if they're not shooting well with their rebounding ability and defense to break some things loose for easy layups. So I think Houston could be that team, but they have to get through Arizona. 
um, probably uh, if they expect uh, to go anywhere. So we'll see how that goes. But I really like Houston. Coach, you had many battles with Coach K and Duke along the way. Any thoughts before we say goodbye here as Coach K and his swan song there at Duke? Yeah, I think we played him 49 times during the time <laughs> I uh, coached. Who's so, counting? Not that I remember. <laughs> I'm trying to forget some of them, believe me. Uh, you know, but uh, but he's done. I, I think, you know, people say he's the best modern-day coach. I think he's the best coach overall. When John Wooden coached, it was a different deal. You, you played in your own region. You, you've only played four games quite a few times. Uh, there was only 16 teams in the tournament, so... I, I just think what Coach K has done is uh, over the years, you know, 40-some years, is uh, incredible. It's an incredible run. Uh, I don't think we'll ever see it again just because of how the game's changed now with the likeness and the transfer portal. But uh, what he's done is uh, just remarkable. It really is. Hey, Coach, um, just a thought. I, I saw you recently, and you look the same as you did in 2002. You obviously have the energy. We're talking to you right now. Maryland could need a coach. Any thoughts on that for you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm trying. I, you, you, you know, as you go along, you, when you're done, you, you just remember the, the uh, good times. But every once in a while when, you know, you bring that up, you remember the tough losses, the nights you don't sleep, things like that. And, I hope I look okay, but part of that's not coaching. You know, that's, that's why you look decent because you're not coaching. So, uh, no, I had my I coached 44 years, counting high school and everything. So, that was enough. I'm trying to play golf, but uh, the old golf ball's not going as far as it used to. So, that, that's not as much fun as I thought it would be. Michael, yeah, thanks that, to the legend. A, thank you so much, Coach Williams. Appreciate you. North Jersey, hey, South you guys Jersey. Are great. I, Appreciate it. Enjoy it. Go, go New Jersey. Go, go, That's go, right. Go, go Garden State. State. One of our own. There he, he is, Coach, Coach Gary Williams. Yeah, yeah, remember that. Don't buy right? <laughs> Thank you, Coach Williams. Gary Williams, Hall okay. of Famer. I'm telling you, I saw, so I saw a video recently of him. He's 77. I swear he looks exactly like he did in 2000. I think yeah, he, could still, I mean, he's, he could still do it, man. Look, the way they're firing coaches, Ben Howland just got fired. He did? I didn't see that. State coach. Yeah, they just got fired. So, I mean, that poor, I mean, coach is probably, even though the ball's not going in, the golf, the golf ball's not going, he's probably better off where he is, enjoying life instead of the rat race that's going on. He had enough of it. Plus, he's got that Woodrow Wilson trophy. Who needs anything that's all that more matters. than that? That's all that matters. That's all that matters. 2002 national champ. Why does that matter when you got the Woodrow Wilson the title. Okay, from one Hall of Famer to the next, Amal Shaw joins us next oh, year on no. the party line. Oh no. Yep. Oh no. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the US and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's not too late. Go to vcin.com slash madness and get everything you need to bet the tournament. We're halftime of Michigan, Colorado State, South Dakota State, Providence. Three minutes to go, so you got plenty of games to bet. 24-7 streaming daily best bet emails. It's all for $19. Okay, you're going to get analysis from our hoops experts, Greg Hoops Peterson, Matt Humans, JVT, Tim Murray, and more. You can sign up today. Get over there right now. vcin.com slash madness. It's $19. Okay, Michael Lombardi, I mentioned Colorado yeah. State is up seven at the break. 36-29 against Michigan. Michigan closed two there in that matchup. And then you got South Dakota State, Providence. Providence up 24-22. That was awesome to talk to Hall of Famer Gary Williams. We now head out to Circa Sports and talk to one half of Odds On, of course, Amal Shaw. And we start with this. I want to give you props because I saw a great picture. You gave a speech. You do it every year at USC. And I saw a great picture of that Amal Shaw with the motivational speech there. Good job out of you, my man. Uh, thank you. Appreciate that, Patrick. Great to be back on with you guys. I know we had a couple of week hiatus, but nice to be back with you guys. How's the action there at Circa? It's great, and I got to tell you, I know I heard Michael before a commercial break wondering what we're going to go off on today. I will tell you right now, forget Amazon, forget Alibaba. Your future is in investing in hearing aids. I got to tell you right now, nobody's <laughs> walking out of here today that's not going to be deaf. <laughs> it is It is wild. Good weather, though. Now, last time when you were away, Mike Palm and the crew, they got in their Speedos and jumped in the pool there at Stadium Swim. Yeah, will we I see Amal Shaw? Will we see the Adonis Amal Shaw in his swimsuit today? No, give me about six months. I'm trying to get back into shape here. I mean, I'm pushing maximum density at 178 right now, Patrick. <laughs> Got to get back to my 174 range. But more importantly, I thought that was a great move by Beeson to ensure we would fully eliminate and alien every female viewership that we had <laughs> remaining to make sure nobody tuned back in. Hey, by the way, do you see the monitor there, Michael? That is a great shot behind a mall it of is. stadiums. Where are you, Amal? Are you at Stadium Swim? Are you outside there? I'm at st I'm Stadium Swim, the 15th floor. I got to tell you, the audio engineers, the people here, my man Jeff, Ken, and I apologize, we got a gentleman in a UNLV shirt whose name I don't know. Thought he might have went to UNR, but I wasn't sure, just based on the three layers of UNLV gear he had on. <laughs> Mikhail and Britton and everyone else, Ryan Hunter and Rob, all these guys have done a tremendous job getting the shot ready, the audio ready. It's absolutely been flawless. I have a question for you. Oh, go ahead, Michael. I'm on no, you, you go ahead, Patrick. Okay. Go ahead. I am obsessed with it. I got a, a, a text thread going with Memphis and Boise State. Amal, you're yep. going to answer this. A contrast in styles, of course. Memphis has been bet up to three and a half. Where do you fall in this one? I like Boise State. I think me defensively, too. this is an elite basketball team. And for me, Patrick, the difference is a couple of factors. You look at the fact that Imani Bates is going to be a game-time decision. He's missed the last 12 games for Memphis with the back issue. For people that don't know, Bates is not going to be draft eligible this year because he moved up a year in class out of Ypsilanti, Michigan. And that impacts this team. Jalen Duran, remember, played with the uh, tape on his arm. has had a little bit of an injury issue. Tremendous player. Going to be a lottery pick out of Memphis. But I think when you look at the experience, uh, Boise State's got guys that are 21 20 22, 23 years old, tenacious defensively. I think that'll be the challenge in this game. And Memphis has a propensity to foul like Gary Payton. They check you into the scorer's table and they don't think they've committed a foul. And that's <laughs> going to be a problem for them in this game. I think they're going to have a hard time shooting the ball with consistency. And, uh, you know, you also look at there's a couple other lingering injuries there for Memphis in this game. I like Boise, uh, Boise getting three and a half here. Where were you on the Providence-South Dakota State game, Amal? 
You know, I thought it was a tough game to bet, Michael. I, I thought it was a stay-away spot. I love PC at home. Uh, Ed Cooley's done a tremendous job with this team. But you look at South Dakota State, an incredible offense. And in a one-game scenario, anybody is vulnerable. But I think at the end, Providence will uh, prevail with their uh, success in short game. Excuse me, in short and close games. You know, people are criticizing and saying luck. No, that's pedigree. That's knowing how to win. In the NFL and the NBA, we talk about teams knowing how to win. We got too many stupid people that, understand, that don't understand a beast. And when a team goes 10 and one in close games, that's that's not luck. Luck never gives and only lends, Patrick. Chinese proverb. <laughs> Amal, I just want you to know that I think you are a freaking legend. Anyway, Marquette, North Carolina. Let's go 9-8 matchup here. Marquette, North Carolina. Open North Carolina 3. North Carolina's been bet up to 3.5. Uh, deserve yeah. it action North Carolina's way, Amal? Absolutely. Marquette, four and six in their last 10 games. Really a coaching matchup of two future Mensa members. Shaka, not so smart. Hubert, I won't be around in five years. Davis, this is going to be an interesting one, but you look at the talent. This is a, a UNC team that's almost 40% from the three-point line. Armando Baycott's been a handful in the paint. I like this team a lot. I know they had a rough game against Virginia Tech, who I think is flying under the radar into this tournament. But when you look at what Marquette has done or lack thereof down the stretch, you have to favor North Carolina in this one. I think the move is correct. And Patrick, when you look at the total on this game, this is the one game where you're not afraid of the move of three to three and a half, potentially to four on North Carolina, because I think it'll be a, definitely a higher scoring game. Yeah, 150 opener, Michael, Marquette, North Carolina, all the way up to 153. Yeah, where are you about on Vermont, Arkansas later tonight? I th I'm not touching the game from a spread standpoint. Came down from eight to five and a half to potentially five here, but I think the Razorbacks get it done. I think Musselman's one of the top five coaches in college football. I mean, college basketball. I think Audis Tony is the most underrated transfer in college basketball this year. Remember, he was on Pittsburgh's team, Henning Xavier Johnson. Johnson went to Indiana. Tony goes to Arkansas. He's versatile. He can cover one through four defensively. As long as J.D. Note stays out of foul trouble, I like the Razorbacks a lot in this game. This is a talented team. They had a really good year and a tremendously competitive SEC. What'd you take from Amal, Notre Dame? That's a great point. Oh, sorry. Ahead, uh, uh, sorry, I wanted to jump in, Patrick. That, Amal made a great point. Tony is, I was talking to a couple of the coaches today, assistant coaches in the Southeast Conference, and they say Tony's the glue to Arkansas's team. When he's playing and he's on the court and he's playing at his level, he makes all the difference to the team. And if Note plays within himself and doesn't jack shots up from everywhere, then I think they, they think that Arkansas should win handily. Yeah, well put. Completely agree. What did you take from Notre Dame last night? You know, Patrick, I was out at dinner. I didn't see the game. I saw the highlights of it, but I was really impressed. And how about Ron Harper Jr.? This guy just takes and makes big shots. But give Mike Bray credit. The only Mike Krzyzewski disciple that can actually coach has done a tremendous job at Notre Dame. Remember, he's made two out of the last three Elite Eights when he's been in the tournament. His team finding a way in, in arguably what might end up being potentially, and I hate to say this, the best game of the tournament. And we haven't even really gotten into the crux of the tournament yet. So that was a tremendous game. Double overtime, really both teams hitting big shots. I didn't feel Rutgers lost. I thought Notre Dame won that game yesterday. Michael Amal, we talked uh, with Coach Williams about the flip here with San Francisco Murray State, the big yeah. out for San Francisco. Do you agree with the move Murray State's way here, Amal? Yeah, I, I can see that just based on an injury concern, but I'll tell you what, I think San Francisco's battle-tested. You go against St. Mary's, tenacious defensive team. Obviously, Gonzaga heights a factor when you face off against the Zags and how much tempo they play with. Murray State's a really good basketball team, dominated the OBC, including Belmont. But guys, remember one thing. When teams like Belmont stepped up into competition playing Vanderbilt the other day, a 12-point lead, end up losing that game. It's a different animal, and I think the Dons are very capable of pulling off this win. Had a great win in Provo earlier this year. I know BYU hasn't been the same as they've been in years past, but I don't think you could discount the Dons and what they've been able to do in a very competitive uh, WCC. That's the feeling I get around here from talking to people. San Francisco is is a heavy play here at this book. And I'll tell you, the other team that's also been really getting a lot of love, Amal, is New Mexico State against Connecticut. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you what, New Mexico State's been tenacious. Allen's a volume scorer for them, the former Utah Ute. Uh, but I, I love Sonego inside in terms of what he can do for this team. And R.J. Cole, Michael, you've seen UConn play quite a bit in the Big East this year. Very steady, very just in control of things. And I think that comes from his head coach, Danny Hurley, a far better coach than Bobby. Doesn't have that same temperament. And that's what I like about UConn. Always very level-headed, even keel. Lost that tough game against Villanova in the Big East tournament. I think this team is 
extreme, extremely dangerous. Pay attention to the Connecticut. I like them coming in the season, and I think they get past New Mexico State. Guys, what's that line at? About five, five and a half? I'll give it, it was to you right six now. and a half. Last I checked. Uh, it is six and a half. Connecticut laying it. Yep. Yeah, I wouldn't lay this number here. I would be more apt to take the points with New Mexico State before I lay it, but I think UConn marches on. And one thing to remember in the tournament, you're going to have a plethora of fouls late, and a guy like R.J. Cole near 80%, who's your point guard, it's vital to have the ball in, a, in his hands because you know he's going to knock down free throws in a late-game situation. If I'm talking college football or college basketball, my first text always goes to Amal Shaw. Nobody better. Amal Shaw won on Twitter. Odds on coming up next. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Thanks, Amal. Thanks, guys. Uh, Thank you. My, can we just take a second, and I want to look at the backdrop. Michael's at the Borgata in Jersey. Amal's at Circa. I'm at South Point. Josh is going to be Mandalay Bay. We. I want to give credit to Dez and Ken, and I'm going to forget everybody, but behind the scenes and the coordination, Michael, with this broadcast over the next few days is just really kudos to everybody behind the scenes because it looks incredible, and it's a lot of work. And also give to all the guys, the producers who've lined up some incredible guests for our network, much like what we did at the Super Bowl, which has been tremendous. And I think now we have gotten to the point where we can get people, people come on our network to talk about the games, which has been awesome. Yeah, I, I want to give a shout out to my buddy Dustin Sweetelson, who does a great job booking. Yeah, as well. Were you at Michael's last night with Dustin too? Yeah, that, we were we were having a great dinner with the crew at Michael's. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. I didn't get that invitation. <laughs> no, I must have missed you, that. Did that go to Berman? I always did that go to Berman. <laughs> Went to Did BB. that go to Berman? I, to, I missed that. <laughs> went to BB. I missed that. You're always invited. Amal Shaw coming up next with Mike Palm, live from Circa. Coming up next in studio with us, Josh Applebaum, our buddy, Market Insights, joins us next here. Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Chicken sandwich is served hot and straight from the fryer. That's why it's finger licking good. Order the KFC chicken sandwich today. Lombardi line, of course, he's Michael Lombardi, presented by BetMGM out at the Borgata. I'm Patrick Maher here live from the South Point. Josh is going to join us. Quick update, Michael Lombardi. Colorado State up 38-35. Michigan starting to settle in here, 17-41 to go in the second half. And you've got a score at the break. Providence, that pedigree, up seven, excuse me, up eight. 31-23 over the Jackrabbits. That slowed down as far as the scoring. I got a second half line. South Dakota State laying a point and a half, Michael. Any thoughts on these two matchups here? South Dakota State is, is still the favorite going into halftime? Just at this second half favorite. So they're a point and a half favorite just for the second half. Wow. Uh, I mean, to me, at 23 points scoring in the first half, that's that's alarming. That means that means for a team that's as explosive offensively as South Dakota State is, and how they didn't shoot as well, they missed a, they missed a few layups in there just watching the game. I was disappointed. I thought that they would they would shoot the ball better. Give Providence credit in that area. I mean, Providence's defense to hold them to 23 points is really good. He's been our teammate for three years, and he sits next to me now. Of course, betting across. America. Josh Applebaum is going to be live from Mandalay Bay as we continue all over the place here on VEASAN. It's awesome. And he joins us in studio. Market Insights is the podcast VEASAN.com slash podcast. How are we feeling, Josh? Oh, we're feeling great, Patrick, Michael. Michael, we miss you out here, my man, but I got to say, I was taking the plane uh, here from Boston to Vegas. I'm sweating the Irish. What an incredible spot. I got to watch this tiny little TV on the plane, but it was all worth it, Patrick. I had, I had a stewardess yell at me because I was getting too crazy because I'm on the Irish money line there. So it's a good start to the madness there it is you, you love to see it any surprises and I want to get to Memphis Boise State sequentially that one's coming up in just about 14 minutes any surprises early with these two matchups so I guess one surprise to me guys and this is an important thing when you get to March Madness don't lock yourself into a play too early like looking at Michigan Colorado State Michigan was like hey they're the worst seed why are they favored they open at some shops a pick got all the way up to you know two I even saw two and a half but here's the thing the betting public won't get down on these games until you know today the day of or 
or yesterday. So you had a ton of buyback there on Colorado State. They're up right now. We'll see what happens. But that line, and again, pay attention to this late movement because Colorado State got up to two, two and a half. They actually closed at minus one and a half. So we always talk about it on the, on the Lombardi line, that late movement, Patrick. When it comes in, tell me bigger wagers are really causing it. So again, that late movement, keep an eye. If you miss Colorado State, we'll see what happens. But keep an eye on the late movement moving forward today and tomorrow. Don't be shy. Pull that microphone right up close to your mouth. I don't want to miss a thing you say. Michael, <laughs> I want to get your take because I've asked everybody else and you and I have kind of danced around Memphis and Boise State and then we'll get to Vermont and Arkansas. But do you have a lean here? Memphis State is up to three and a half. I'm just concerned about the turnovers. I'm concerned about their youth and Boise State is just so sound. I think that Memphis has grown up, and I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think Coach Brown, I'm not going to go against Coach. I think he's making a difference on that bench, coaching the defense, getting them more uh, fundamentally in line. Like, like Coach Williams said in the last segment, I mean, if you break this team down five against five, they have the better team. They win all yep. five because of their athleticism. So, But I think over the last, last part of the season, they have become a better coach team and playing more of a team sport. If they revert back to hey, it's my show, it's my stage, I'm all on Boise State, and I think that's where people are thinking they may go because of their lack of true team play throughout the year. And I think that's a great point, and Michael's friends with Coach Larry Brown, he's talking about Larry Brown. Larry Brown might be the best pure basketball coach ever. I mean, he's, no he's right up no there. Doubt. I mean, it's, it's, fundamentally, there's nobody better teaching the game of basketball, and he's really helped Anthony Hardaway uh, on that Memphis staff. Good, good point by no you. No doubt. He, and he coaches the team through the point guard, so he's, he's the point guard. Larry was a point guard at North Carolina. Went to high school in Long Beach, New York, and so he's seen that, and then he's been so influential in being able to do that with, these, with, with the teams he's coached, and I think he's making a difference. You know, he's 81 years old Patrick but he's not a he's a young 81 he's energetic he loves it and I think the players listen to him I watch them closely on the bench and I watch how they gravitate towards him yeah he's the best coach Larry Brown Josh Memphis is laying three and a half where's the money going here yeah so early on and again this is another test case of you know the early move you know was toward Memphis continued to be toward Memphis it was a little bit fishy because Memphis is your nine boys he's your eight I typically like to be on that higher seeded team the worst seeded team because again shouldn't the eight seeded team be favored in this matchup but Here's the thing, Patrick. Early on, I was leaning Memphis. Again, they open as low as, you know, laying a two. They're all the way up to three and a half. The juice is going up to maybe even four. I can't play Memphis anymore. This has evolved to me into a buy low spot on Boise State. Now getting three and a half, if you can wait and get a four. Ken Palm has Boise State losing by one point. So that's actionable value based on the analytics. Also, what you guys mentioned, you know, this is a young team, really, uh, you know, exciting, but kind of their first spot on the big dance. Public's all over Memphis. They're getting 69% of bets. I have to buy low on Boise State with this in Line. I'll take the three and a half, but shop around. If you can find a four, that's even better. Josh is a graduate of Vermont, so let's talk about this, Michael. I don't know if you've talked yeah, to Mr. I want Mr. to see Musselman. where he's going on this one. You talk about buy low. Here, you got a chance to buy low on Arkansas. He won't do it, though. He's going to go with the money here on this one. I can promise you that. Money be green, so is Vermont. Let's go Vermont, Arkansas, five. You know, it's... I see a four and a half offline, but it's essentially mostly fives, Josh. It really is. And hey, I always love it when a team that, you know, I, I went to UVM, obviously, and Michael's right. I got to go with UVM here, but not because of my bias, not because I want to root for my team. There's situations where your favorite team falls in line with a sharp line move. As a Celtics fan, you saw that last night against Golden State. They were like three or four all the way down to one and a half or two. Same thing with Vermont here. Now, look at this line open. It opened actually at five and a half. It's now down to five. It always gets me excited when the line's going toward the worst seeded team here. UVM. And if you look at the juice guys, this thing may get down to four and a half. A lot of those plus fives are juiced up. Like it could fall even further. So I know it's like Arkansas. How do you not play them? Bigger conference, higher seeded team. But give me UVM here, guys. I'll take the points. And I'll tell you right now, guys, Patrick, I'm going to drag you to circuit tonight. We're sweating UVM. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, I mean, maybe on, maybe on your book, but Vinny, we had Vinny on, and this line opened at eight, and it's come down to five. Vinny opened this line at eight, and, and it's come down to five, which is, makes it even more interesting. That's why I thought maybe you would go, because you're getting Arkansas at a really discounted deal here. And I know Ken Palm has it as a closer game, and we, we genuflect when we know that. But I think I think ultimately that that's the case. It's really it, – it, this line movement is – you're saying with the five, and maybe your book was right, but there's saying with the, the book didn't really handicap this game correctly and that's why it moved. 
Yeah, and I would just mention Patrick Michael, and great point by you, Michael. Different openers, but consistent movement still toward UVM. But also, if you're worried about maybe uh, UVM or either side, keep an eye on the under in this one. UVM's one of the best defensive Two teams. Two good defensive teams. And again, you know they play in the American East, not exactly the SEC, but you look at this total. It opened at 140 at a bunch of shops. It's down to 139. This would also be another really good bet first dollar discrepancy play for me. Pay attention to the numbers. This actually, uh, this total here, only 51% of bets to the under, but 72% of money. And again, fell 140. 139 and a half. So uh, give me the under here, but let's go, cats. Michael, sweat the cats. Let's go. <laughs> no, no, no. Here's the difference, well, but Michael. The other Lombardi. thing is, Josh, the other thing, Josh, is this line on our board here that Patrick and I look at, 85% of the money is on Vermont, and that line has stayed at five. It's really a line freeze here. Nobody, no one want to go to four and a half. This is a line freeze here. And the other one that I really want to ask you about is Marquette in North, North Carolina. I mean, North Carolina is getting all the money. Only 4% of the money is coming in on, on them. And we talked to Molly about this game and it's been clear that Marquette's not playing very well but I, I think this is fascinating how this line isn't even jumped up further. It's a great point by you Michael and again a lot of over money there expecting a high scoring game. I think it opened 150 it's all the way up to 153 and a half. Think of Marquette and UNC both you know good offensive efficiency teams. I, I went back and forth on this one. At one. I think you could buy low, like Marquette would be the contrarian play, but the line did go UNC minus three to three and a half. I actually money line UNC here. I got a minus 175. Ken Palm only has them winning by two. Our buddy Greg Hoops has them by three, so you're kind of right on that number. But I put a lot of stock into uh, betting percentages, 65% of bets, 72% of money on UNC. And also, guys, Ken Palm rankings, he's got UNC 30th, Marquette 48th. That's a pretty good, uh, pretty big divide there between yep. those two. Yeah, it's a chasm. Michael, let me just quickly say about your Arkansas team and Josh's Vermont team. Let's 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 call it like we see it. One, Arkansas is used to playing in tight games. Three of their last five have been decided yeah. by five points or fewer. And Vermont, to their credit, have been blowing everybody out. So if yeah. this is tight late, the Arkansas depth and scoring ability should be able, and pedigree should be able to rise to the surface because Vermont's just been a juggernaut all year in that conference. No doubt. And I think ultimately we got to play coaching factor into this. You get Musselman four days to prepare for a team. I think he's pretty good at doing those things. So, you know, we'll see. And, and their talent, the way they play defense with tenacity, uh, to me, is why they've been able to win so many games in the Southeast Conference this year. So I don't think Vermont's seen anything quite like this defensively. Now, when Vermont shoots as well as they do, as they have all season, they're a tough out. They've got to, uh, Arkansas's got to make this a brawl. They've got to make this a street game. They've got to make this a tough game inside to see where it goes. I think that's a lot of it. Kentucky's the same way. Kentucky likes it when they when, when you can play an open court, but it becomes a tough inside battle game like Tennessee did to Kentucky. That's when Kentucky doesn't play its best. Give me a play out the door before you head to Mandalay Bay, Josh Applebaum. I'm so excited. By the way, if UVM covers, I'm jumping in the circle pool. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be lit. It's going to be lit. <laughs> San Fran Murray State, guys, it's a later game today. Murray State is becoming one of your most popular public plays. They're getting over 73% of bets. This line open actually San Fran minus one. It's all the way up to Murray State two and a half. I'm going to buy low and take San Fran plus two and a half. Ken Palm sound the alarm. He has San Fran winning this game by one. It's great to see you. Great to see you. This is just the start, Patrick. It's great to see Josh. He's going to be out at Mandalay Bay with Pritch coming up later. Next, Hall of Famer Tom Penders joins us here on the Lombardi Line. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, and the loyalty program. So every wager earns you reward points at BetMGM, redeemable for online bonuses converted into comps, and you can use them at MGM Resorts nationwide. This is a great loyalty program. Get over there, betmgm.com, or download the BetMGM app. you got to be 21 years or older, and if you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, Gary Williams Hall of Famer, Michael Lombardi, here on the Lombardi line, and now we get to another Hall of Famer and Coach Tom Penders. And as we say hi to Coach, first off, hi, Coach, and thank you so much. As we say hi to you, Michigan has completely taken over momentum there in Big Ten country in Indianapolis. They were up 53-49 on Colorado State. I bring that up to ask you, Coach, you know, different momentum shifts during these games. Colorado State came out very, very well. Michigan State without their point, excuse me, Michigan without their point guard took a little time to settle in, but they seem to have settled in here. Yeah, and they also have the nerve factor going for them. You know, when you play that uh, first four in, they used to call it a play-in. When you play in that and don't have to travel, you get the nerves out of the way. So, it, you know, filling in for their point guard is often a huge factor uh, in tournament play. But they seem to have found it at halftime. Uh, that's a lot of March Madness is the coaches who can make adjustments at halftime. And, you know, between Phil Martelli and Jawan Howard, you got two two head coaches there. Yeah. And I think they made some really good adjustments at halftime. Coach, you know, in the NFL, we always talk about the middle eight, the last four minutes of the first half and the first four minutes of the second half ultimately decide a lot of NFL games. But when you watch college basketball, and you've obviously coached at the highest level, how much time do you spend on closing out and beginning halves? It's real important, guys. Uh, I can't emphasize that enough. When you, If you jump out to an early lead, you get that momentum early, but you know it's a two twenty-minute games really. And I used to prepare our team for four-minute segments. You have these four minutes, and then you have like a five-minute timeout now in college basketball. Uh, I had a couple of coaches called me, and we talked about it as their first or second tournament, and they either worked for me or I knew them. Uh, when I was younger, they were younger. And we talk about different things and how to bring your team out and get them prepared. Four-minute segments, you got to win four-minute games. And to me, 
extremely important is closing out the first half and the start of the second half. Uh, I used to, and I tell this to younger coaches, you know, save your adjustments till halftime. You know, don't throw a zone in there that, you know, you, you haven't worked on all year, but you've been working on it in practice. Save it for the second half. Uh, don't blow the load in the first half. Uh, you know, these coaches, uh, they're, they're pretty smart. Even though, you know, new people. Uh, Daryl Royal, who was kind of a second father to me at Texas, used to say, you know, the first round the NCAA appears to be that goat looking at a new fence. <laughs> you know, he comes up to the fence, he says, what in the world is this? And there's so much of that. Uh, in these games, I can't emphasize that enough either. Early round, you, you see these upsets for a reason. It's about mental uh, stuff and preparing your team mentally to come out and play that first four-minute game. It has a factor, or it is a factor in the game. And, again, you, you guys are right on it with the, with the uh, last four minutes and the first four minutes of the second half. Yeah, like uh, used to be, they didn't have all these TV timeouts, but I brought my uh, double-edged uh, ra- double razor, shaved, read the newspaper, <laughs> and the last minute I might talk to my team or last 30 seconds because your attention span, as you know, with kids is very short. So you can't all of a sudden jump in there in a timeout, uh, give them all the information you want to, and expect them to retain it when they go back on the floor. That's why you see these, you know, seven seconds left on the clock, and, uh, you know, you've got to shoot the ball. That's extra pressure on these kids. And if you don't remind them over and over during that timeout, they'll go out on the court, they're down the other end, you're screaming at your offense, five, four, you know, you're counting it down, but they don't hear you at that time. So you're going to see a lot of those during this tournament with those teams that, you know, like to play half-court basketball. This is not the NBA where you have, you know, fast breaks all over the place. Who plays hard in the first half? Who finishes strong in the second? Everybody knows each other. Uh, You know, they have scouting reports on, on nine, ten players deep. Where this game, you know, you don't know your opponent. You don't know their... Uh, toughness. You don't know if they like to draw charges until you go out there, you think you have a layup, all of a sudden you knock somebody over and bang, it's a charge. There's so much preparation, and I say most importantly, mental preparation. You, do you communicate well with your team? Uh, that's really key here. If you don't, you know, this is not a time to start doing it in the tournament. So you know, I like to look at these games, and, you know, I'm out in Las Vegas too, guys. I just couldn't make it over there today because I had another show to do right before this. And, you know, I'm watching these games, and, you know, you can tell, you know, when a favorite comes out and they get shocked that they're not in the right mental set for the game to start. But it's not over until the second half. It's a second-half game. Unless you're down 20, and in college basketball and the NBA, you see it every night. You know, 20-point leads are blown. Well, how does that happen? The three-point shot. Teams that can shoot the three consistently, and that means, you know, around 40%, and defend the three on the other side, that's critical. Uh, UConn is a team, you know, that's where I played. Uh, My nephew's the head baseball coach there. And I'm very close to Danny Hurley. So I watch their team over and over and over again. And I communicate with Danny. He says, how am I doing, coach? That kind of thing. And I'll text him back, worried about the three-point shooting. It's not consistent. So when UConn plays, they got to really pound the backboards. If you're not a great shooting team, you better be a great offensive rebounding team. UConn knows this. And can they compensate by playing great defense on the three and offensive rebounding? So those are little games within the game. But, you know, if you don't have a three-point threat, meaning at least two guys 
it's really hard to win, you know, to advance in this tournament. Coach, there's always an open invite, and you just gave us invaluable information. So get back to the games, enjoy them. Next time we want you to come here and sit in studio with us. Coach, enjoy the games today. Thank you very much. Thanks, All Coach. Right, we love it. Appreciate Monday. you. I'll be here till Monday, guys. Thank you so <laughs> right. much. Bill. Okay, Hall of Famer, Thank Coach you. Tom Penders. Great I, advice. I'm stealing. I'm stealing the Darrell the Darrell Royal goat line. I mean, that's perfect, right? <laughs> I, I think that's so perfect. Like a goat looking at a new fence. I mean, I've never seen a goat look at a new fence, but he described <laughs> it perfectly. You know, not that I'm a farmer. I mean, I don't even. You know, but that's to me was perfect. I mean, you got I, I you got your Memphis ball club up here today, Patrick. South Dakota State looks like they just can't score. Give Providence credit. Their yes. defense has changed the game, right? You know, those. we all love Cinderella's until the slipper doesn't fit, and it looks like the South Dakota slipper ain't fit. And your point is well taken. That will impact how betters bet the rest of the tournament because yep. that was such a darling. So be, 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 be aware that you're going to start to see betters go the other way and shift the other way as far as betting the pedigree so that's going to be baked into the line movement as well, Michael. I think it's so important in championship level play to focus on defense, to focus on guard play, to focus on teams that defend. Because when you can defend at this level, you never get out of the game. And you're always going to stay within striking distance. And unfortunately, South Dakota State can't stop the Watson penetration. They can't stop. They can't get rebounds. They're having a harder time. The level of comp really shows up. Vermont, Arkansas, I'm not going to let you off the hook. we got a minute left here. The must uh, bus. Are I, you going to lay it? I, I'm done. You know, look, I mean, I don't know where Josh got his five number. I mean, we Vinny said it went from eight to five. I don't think the books ever make mistakes. I'll take Arkansas, lay the five. Okay. I like New Mexico State today, and I also like, I, I really like, I like San Francisco today. I'm going to go with those two plays. Those are my three plays. Okay, New Mexico State, 12-5 matchup against uh, UConn. You're going to take the six and a half. You're going to take the six and a half. And I like UConn. I'm with Coach Penders. I like UConn, but I just think it's a good number. You guys enjoy, are you going to hang out at the Borgata for a little bit here? Of course, Patrick, a little bit. Absolutely. Be over here all day tomorrow, too. And then we're going to be back tomorrow, Saturday and Sunday, Lombardi Line. Michael, have a great day out at the Borgata. Thanks, Stay Patrick. safe, man. Enjoy the basketball. Thank you to everybody behind the scenes. This has been awesome. Remember, all day long, the coverage doesn't stop, and we go out to Circa next with Odds On. It's BSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.